Welcome, I'm Chaplain Kevin, and today I'm talking with Amy, who from a young age learned not to allow her physical limitations to limit her life. Throughout her journey, she faced countless challenges, including discrimination, as she made her way toward acceptance. This is Coping. Well, Amy, I am so excited to have you here with me today. Thank you for joining me and sharing some of your story with us. You're welcome. <laughs> so as I read your story, one of the things that stuck out to me most was this idea of acceptance. How do you define acceptance? What does that word mean to you? Acceptance for me means embracing the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Where in your life have you had to have this kind of acceptance? Well, I think from the very beginning, I was born premature. My mother was 22 weeks into her pregnancy mm. when she was diagnosed with preeclampsia and went into labor. Mm. So I was born via an emergency C-section. And essentially, wow. they told her sister, who was with her at the time, to um, just brace the family because they weren't sure either mm. one of us was going to make it through that. And my mom said she was able to hear that even though she was sedated, but she felt peace. Mm. She wasn't afraid. Wow. Um, she felt that everything was going to be okay. Wow. And where do you think that that peace came from for her? Where did she get that kind of peace? My mother has always been a very faith-filled person. Mm. So I just think mm. that she knew that God was with her at that moment and that everything was going to be okay, mm. no matter how complicated it was. Wow. Um, so, um, like I said, I was born via C-section. My mother didn't get to physically see me at all. They took a picture of me and mm. life-flighted me to the neighboring town because the town I was born in did not have a NICU at that time. Mm. Um I was in the hospital for two months because mm. I only weighed three pounds, five ounces. Wow. So basically, they kept me for two months to gain weight. Right. After the two months, I was able to go home. And my mother was under the impression that she had a healthy, perfect baby mm. girl. Mm. So at six months, my mom, mm. of course, you know, like any mother would play with mm. her child, and she noticed mm-hmm. that I would reach out for the toys, but I would not open my mm. hands. My hands were always in a fist. Um, mm. So at six months old, I'm getting an MRI and all these tests mm-hmm. to see why I wouldn't open my hands. Sure, sure. Because outwardly, I looked like a healthy baby girl. They come to find in the MRI that since I was so mm. premature, I lacked oxygen in the brain which caused um, essentially brain damage. And I was then diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Mm. So even though she received Mm. difficult news Mm. to cope with or accept, she knew that Mm. if she worked hard with me, she could provide the Mm. best life that she could give me. It sounds like your mom was the first example in your life of teaching you how to embrace the unexpected. Can you speak to that a little bit? How did she teach you how to have that kind of acceptance? Um, 
So the way she did that was basically teach me that I would be able to be as independent as I could possibly be. Um, mm, mm. And that I should never allow myself to um, feel inferior to everyone else mm. because of mm. my physical disability. Um, mm. My father did the same thing. He he um, held education to be one of the most important things in life. And he also included me in every single activity he could possibly include me in, which meant changing the lock on the door or going mm. fishing or giving the dog a bath. I mean, mm. for him, mm. I was his daughter and my physical disability was not going to stop mm. me from doing every mm. single other activity that any other child could do. Mm. It sounds like part of what your parents were teaching you was that um, acceptance doesn't accept the limitation and that your physical limitations is not going to limit you in your life. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your uh, parents uh, were this great model for you in your life. Where did your journey take you next? So I, when I started school, it was, I was three years old. Mm. So it was 1990, and it was the beginning of ADA awareness mm -hmm. in our country. Yeah. So... There was a moment when I was in school and the special education classroom had an accessible bathroom, mm -hmm. but no other restroom in the school had an accessible mm. stall. Wow. So, you know, here you see me with another classmate trekking down the hall as quickly mm -hmm. as I could because I had no access right. to one near me. Right. Right. Um, actually, my mother fought for those things and... We got them placed before I left that wow. school. Wow, that's amazing. So I was the only mm -hmm. child in school that walked in a walker. And a lot of times mm. that's how I was recognized, the, the right. girl in the walker. Um, but the time I really mm -hmm. started to feel very different and very mm. um, maybe not accepted by my peers was mostly in high mm -hmm. school. Um, so I couldn't sit in the same desks that my mm -hmm. classmates did. I always had to have a special t desk to myself, which right. without the teachers realizing kind of set me apart from everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I always found it difficult when teachers would say, okay, let's work in groups. Mm. I couldn't get up to approach anyone right. because of course they would set my walker aside so it wouldn't right. be in the way. Right. But my classmates mm. wouldn't approach me either. Mm. And then the teacher would have to ask a group to include me. Right. But I did realize, like, they're only mm. working with me because the mm. teacher asked them to, not because mm. it came from them to, oh, I want to mm. work with Amy. Right. It wasn't this overt mistreatment. It was more just the subtle things that reminded you mm -hmm. of being different. I think the only time I faced a very overt situation that I knew I was different was when um, my English teacher freshman year told me I could not be in her class. Hmm. Um, I was very fortunate that my high school did have a very good department for students with disabilities. Um, so hmm. I told them about that situation and they went with me and my mother to talk to that teacher. And she said hmm. it wasn't because I had a 
physical disability, but she thought I could not handle her coursework. Mm. But she only made that judgment upon seeing me with my physical disability. She had not even graded an assignment of mine Mm. yet because we were early in the school year. She saw you and she already decided what grade you were going to get. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I had already um, submitted an assignment to her. So the person from the Department of Students with Disabilities at the school asked her, you know, you have her assignment, grade it. Mm. Grade it first before you make that decision. And she said, okay, but I'm a very hard grader. (laughs) No one really, very few of my students ever get A's from me because I'm very strict. Sure. So we sat there as she graded my assignment and she gave me an A. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. So um, in high school, I was a, a very good student. Um, mm. I was actually part of a program called the IB program. It's mm. basically you're taking college level courses. Wow. So when I graduated high school, I graduated with a 3.67 GPA. Wow. Um, and when I started college, I did not have to take English history or the initial classes for like a foreign language, thanks to me um, being part of that program. And your hard work, my goodness. (laughs) Yes, definitely (laughs) hard work. Um, At that point, I felt that I needed to spread my wings and go away to school. So without telling my parents, I applied to three different universities, Mm. um, all three of them different distances away from home. Mm. And I got accepted to all three. Wow. So I first told my father. I felt that he would be more receptive to it Mm. than my mother. So I told him first. The first thing he asked me was, have you told your mother? Mm. And I said, no. Wow. And he said, well, I support you 100%. And I said, thank you. I'm I'm glad you feel that way. Mm -hmm. I said, but I need you to help me tell mom. Mm. Yeah, of course. So um, we went together and we told her and she was like, no, you're not going. Mm. And I said, why? She said, well, you don't know how to do laundry. Mm. You don't know how to cook for yourself. You don't, you know, she was coming up with all these things that she told me I could not do. And I looked at her and I said, mom, but my whole life you've told me I need to learn to be independent Mm. because there will be a time When you're no longer with me. Mm. Wow. And my mom's like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're not going. Mm. And I was faced with having to say one of the harshest things I've ever said Mm. to my mother. Mm. And I basically turned to her and said, if I didn't have my physical disability, Mm. would you be saying no to me right now? Wow. Gosh. She looked at me with tears in her eyes and... She, it took her a minute and she said, no, I wouldn't. Mm. And that was the end of that conversation. Wow. A month later, we were going to orientation Mm. and looking for apartments. Wow. Wow. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Be Well Resources. Be Well is a wellness organization that provides mental and spiritual tools for whole person health. 
Be Well helps you develop your unique gifts and discover your calling. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Be Well Resources to take your next steps toward being well. Welcome back. So from here, I'm a new town that I've never in my life been. I have a roommate who's a person that I met when I met like two days before school started. Mm -hmm. And I'm faced with having to do everything my mom did for Mm. me. Um, And I remember rolling through the kitchen one day and I'm like, this is sticky. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to (laughs) mop. And I remember my mom calling me and saying, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm mopping the kitchen. (laughs) She was like, how in the world are you of all people mopping that kitchen? (laughs) Who told you to do that? I'm like, me? Uh. How are you doing it? I'm like, I'm sitting in the scooter in the carpeted area and... The mop is long and the kitchen's not very big. And I have long arms. So, yeah, this is how I'm mopping the kitchen. And she's like, only you would come up with a way to do these things. I'm like, I have to. The floor was sticky. I couldn't take it anymore. Um, So You were figuring it out. Yes. Just figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very enjoyable time. I learned a lot. Um, I also learned about the kindness of people in general, mm-hmm. which many people will say today we lack right. a lot of, but it's still yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, I even met a friend, of course, she started out as a classmate, who tells me one day, hey, if you want to go to the grocery store after class, I can take mm. you. And I'm thinking, well, I'm in my scooter. Mm-hmm. Not most vehicles can accommodate mm-hmm. that. I can. I'm like, Mm, you sure about that? <laughs> She's like, yeah, definitely. I can take you. I was. I said, well, if you want, just meet me in my apartment. I could pick up my walker and then we can mm. go. She said, no, 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 no. We can go from school. I have a wheelchair van. Mm. I'm like, you have a what? <laughs> I have a wheelchair van. <laughs> Why? Oh, because a family member. And, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what are the yeah. odds that I meet a person yeah. with a wheelchair yeah. van who's willing to take wow. me to the grocery amazing. store. That's amazing. So my senior year, I was actually only taking one class because I'd already taken all the other classes that I needed to graduate. And that class revolved around an internship. So I reach out to Brenner's Hospital for Children here in Houston. Mm. Um, I grew up doing surgeries, therapy, the works because of my disability mm-hmm. there. So I figured since I already knew people there, I had a better chance mm-hmm. of obtaining an internship. Mm-hmm. So I went there um, as they're telling me, yeah, you can do your internship here. Um, but also we have a job opening if you're willing to mm-hmm. take it. I apply. A week later, I interview. A week later, I'm hired. Wow. <laughs> um, so uh, here I am working at the hospital that saw me grow up and doing my internship with the person who ended up becoming my supervisor. So I graduated in December of Mm -hmm. 2013 with a um, bachelor's degree of science in Mm -hmm. health administration. My plan was to work for a year 
then go back and get my master's degree. So, um, I go to work in the August 2014. It's a Wednesday, I remember. I get up, do my morning routine, go to work. I'm having, in my mind, a pretty good day. Um, I did work on the nursing unit and mm. things were going smoothly. Almost midway through my shift, I get mm. a phone call from my mother. She says, Amy, can you tell them you need to leave early and I have someone on mm. the way to pick you up? And I I asked her, I said, why? Like, what's wrong? She says, we just have a family emergency. So at first, I'm not panicked and I and I... I let my um, boss know, hey, I need to go home. Mm. They're on the way. So I said, well, if anything is going mm. on, my dad will know. I call him. Mm. No answer. Go to voicemail. Um, uh, that sometimes happens, especially if he's at work. So mm. I, I didn't think much of it. He'll call me back. He was really mm. good at calling me right back. About an hour passes by and the person that's picking me up is taking a little while. So about an hour Passes by and I still don't get a phone call from him. Hmm. I call him again. Hmm. At this point, I get nervous. And I start shaking and my coworkers are like, Amy, you know what? Stop what you're doing. They somehow got my belongings hmm. together. I don't even know how. And they say, go downstairs hmm. and wait for your ride. So I go down to our lobby to wait for my ride. And I decide hmm. to call my mom. Well, without her knowing, she clicks on her cell phone and... I recognize that she's talking to one of my dad's brothers in Mexico. And all I hear her say is, Felipe passed away, which is my dad's name. Mm. I lose it. I hang up. I start crying. I'm basically mm. screaming. Um, the security guard was nearby and he says, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I just tell him my dad died. Mm. My dad died. And she he calls um, another security guard who was... Uh, a good friend of mine there at work mm. to be there with me. Mm. I'm distraught Gosh. at this point. Um, my ride finally gets there and picks me up. Um, I get home. My mom just runs to me and hugs me. And she, at this point, she's mm. bawling. I come into my room and that, I mean, that was mm. the first night. What happened was that he, um, he mm. just had a massive heart Gosh. attack. That took him on the spot. Um, By the time paramedics Mm, got to him, there was nothing they could do. Gosh, I'm so sorry, Amy. Um, So it it was a shock. It was, once again, an unexpected Mm -hmm. event for all of us. Um, And honestly, at that point, I felt like there was a huge Mm. hole Inside of me, I don't know how else to um, describe it. Your parents have taught you your entire life how to embrace the unexpected. How did you get to a point where you could accept this kind of loss? It's a little complicated. I, like, I, I knew mm. Dad was gone. Like, I knew that I would never physically see him again. Mm-hmm. I was able to accept that part. But without realizing, I kind of just got right. stuck stuck Mm. in life if that makes sense um i just got into this daily routine 
didn't mm-hmm. stray from it one bit, didn't move forward from where I was in terms mm-hmm. of life goals and things I knew I wanted to right. do, dad knew right. I wanted to do. Mm. I didn't do that. My mom would tell me, you know, you promised your dad you'd go back mm-hmm. to school. It really took seven years and working with a professional to to move on from that. Um, it really took, I'll be honest, and as crazy as it seems, pandemic mm. starts 2020, my anxiety wow. hits the roof. And I remember one morning I call work crying, saying that I couldn't, I couldn't come in. I just couldn't take it. And my boss just ever so gently says, you know, mm. you need help, right? Mm. And I say, yeah. And she says, I'll check back mm. with you in a couple of days. But I want to know when I call mm. you again that you've at least mm-hmm. set something yeah. up. It was time. It was time to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. So I was able to find a professional and um, work. I was able to just finally, I guess, get unstuck. <laughs> just kind of pull all those mm-hmm. dreams out of that mm-hmm. hole that I was stuck in and yeah. move on with them, which hadn't happened right. in uh-huh. years. As you think about others um, who may be struggling with acceptance and embracing the unexpected. What advice do you have for them? I think the biggest advice um, would be that know that Mm. you're not alone. No matter what the Mm. unexpected is, Mm. you're not alone. Another lesson that I thought of was um, being grateful Mm. for the small things. Like I mentioned when I was in college, meeting someone Mm -hmm. that had a wheelchair event, or just basically having a friend that would say, Mm -hmm. oh, let me cook you dinner. Um, Most people Mm -hmm. might take that for granted, but Mm -hmm. for me, that was huge. Mm -hmm. That was significant. I always remembered what my father would tell me. You will figure out a way. Mm -hmm. Even if it's different, even if it takes longer, you'll figure out a way. It it, it brings me back to the embracing Mm -hmm. of the unexpected because I will be able to face anything else that mm-hmm. life could throw at me well amy thank you so much for sharing your story with me today thank you for your strength um, thank you for your wisdom today thank you Kevin, so much